Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. It's Sunday, September 25th. I hope you're having an amazing weekend. And I've got some very, very good news for you folks. At 9 a.m. this morning, yes, 9 a.m. in about two short hours, you are going to get access to over an hour Q&A about out-of-state investing. We had my students go through, ask a bunch of questions of two experts, both Millennial Mike, who lives in Seattle, invests in Gary, Indiana. And we had Brian Adamson, who lives in Orlando, who invests in Detroit. It was great to see where these gentlemen agree, where they disagree. It was a wonderful conversation, which I hope all of you enjoy. Remember, out-of-state investing sounds cool. You can make your Excel spreadsheets sing. And yes, for some of you, I know those houses cost less than your car. I have heard that 100, 200, 300 times. Trust me, cheap does not mean a good deal. So if you've ever thought about out-of-state investing, great news. You are getting something at 9 a.m. for free. Uh, that uh, my students went through asked questions. So I hope you enjoy it. If you watch it, do me a favor. Give a shout out to Mike and Brian for giving us an hour of their time on Saturday. These two gentlemen are true givers, and they really did try to help everyone. So let's recognize good work, and let's celebrate both Mike and Brian. A couple of things I want to do first, because I have been forgetting it to do it last is recognize people who are doing the work. First, Billy, congratulations for getting your deal. Raku, Raku, congratulations for getting your deal. And Shedrick, congratulations for getting your deal. Folks, these are cards of people who are doing the work, doing great deals, and I like to recognize you right here. So again, congratulations. Your cards will go in the mail today. So as for the daily financial news, I want to start at the bottom. I'm going to end with some data that I got about home prices the last two weeks that are shocking. So stay tuned for that. There's some shocking information happening to prices right now. This is very recent, last two, day, last two weeks, and it's been reported by Redfin. So stay tuned for that. First, I was reading an article yesterday about millennials wanting to retire financially independent, retire early, right? Fire by 50. As someone who had that same goal, I want to encourage all of you to strive for that. I think that is a very doable number. I didn't start my financial independence retire early until I was 30. Many people I've spoken with do it in 8 to 10 years. It is possible. You will have to sacrifice. You will have to live like few so you can live like few in the future. I do believe house hacking is the cheat code to wealth. I am pleased to hear that house hacking is becoming more and more of a vernacular. More and more people are looking at it. Hopefully this channel has had some goodness on that. 
it always starts with doing the work, live below your means, save, invest, all of those wonderful things. If you are a millennial and you are trying to retire financially independent, retire early by 50, good luck. I think you can do it. Next, Michael Saylor. I haven't heard from Michael Saylor in a while. He was out, I read an article this morning. Michael Saylor is calling 500,000 Bitcoin price by 2030. So I want to ask my audience. Yesterday, we asked about Apple or Tesla. Today, I want to ask one simple question. It's yes or no. And I want comments below. I want to get the YouTube algorithm going. So the more comments, the better. And the question is very simple. Between today and January 1st, 2030, will Bitcoin ever be over 100 grand? Is Bitcoin a tumor that grew out of zero interest rates and is going to zero as a Ponzi scheme? Is Bitcoin the new digital gold and will replace gold uh, as a way to transact and save? It will be very interesting to see. Bitcoin is one of those things that you either hate it, think it's useless, or you love it and you're all in. So let me know below right now, Bitcoin. Before January 1st, 2030, will it ever be over 100K? I'm just curious what people think. And as for yesterday, it was about a 70-30 split. 70% of folks thought Tesla. 30% of folks thought Apple would pre-announce first. And actually, a couple of people said neither company will pre-announce, which is absolutely possible. I should have given that as a third option. Next, Great Depression. I don't know about your feed, but my feed has been stock full of Great Depression 2.0 things. So what I wanted to do today is I wanted to go back and give you real Great Depression statistics. Because if you are going to sit here and think we are entering the Great Depression, let's at least understand what you are saying. Some people say Great Depression is coming and they're talking about unemployment at 7%. So these are Great Depression statistics. So if you are in that camp in fearful and afraid and watching all this fear porn, here is what you are saying. One, the Great Depression is said to have run from 1929 to 1939. It was a 10-year slog. Two, declines in industrial production like we had never seen before. Industrial production sank 47%. We had true price declines, AKA Kathy Wood, deflation. Deflation. Now, I will tell you, I see deflation in goods, clothing, TVs, things of that nature. I am in the camp that services, a.k.a. wages, are just starting to go up. It is hard for me, as we sit here today, to see deflation. But hey, if you think depression 2.0 is coming, you are banking on deflation. Number, what is, I don't know, number four, unemployment. We are currently sitting at 3.7%. Without question, 
the Fed is going to cause unemployment to go up. Great Depression statistics, 20 plus percent unemployed with a peak of 25%. Folks, we shut down our economy. We shut down our economy and we never got to 25% unemployment. But hey, if you're calling for Great Depression 2.0, you are calling for unemployment to exceed 25%. I want you to understand, when you say these things, this is what you're saying. You are saying unemployment is going to go from 3.7% to over 20%. Some of these things are just utter nonsense. But hey, I understand. Fear gets clicks. Next, bank runs, bank panic. This was pre-FDIC. This was more short-term mortgages. All of these bank runs. Between 1930 and 1933, three years, 20% of banks that existed in 1930 did not exist in 1933. Do you think 20% of banks, given all of the infrastructure we have around them, are going to go out of business? Come on, really? Finally, GDP. GDP. GDP, real GDP sank in the United States 30%. Not 1.2, not 2.5, not 3.7, 30%. This is, this should be comical. If you are in the camp that's, oh my God, this is going to be bad. A depression is coming. Listen to those things again. So what were some of the causes of the Great Depression? There is a long list and economists argue back and forth, but I I noted three that I think all of us can agree with. (coughs) One, consumers, you and me. People I have been studying for 30 years lost confidence in the economy and they saved. I would argue this is exactly what's happening in China. Think about all the things that the Chinese leaders have done to shock, to depress, to scare their consumers. They're saving. That is that is not good. That is what caused or was an impetus to the Great Depression and frankly, why it lasted a decade. Consumers were afraid for their jobs, saved. Consumers were afraid of this, saved. Consumers, consumers, consumers. Number two, banks. Banks were fundamentally operated differently. Mortgages were fundamentally different. The entire financial industry is nothing like the 1929 to 1939 era. Don't don't look at what happened to banks in the Great Depression and say, see, that's going to happen again. FDIC insurance up to 250 grand, which will protect most of you, if not all of you, at least. I guess it impacts all of you at some level. If you don't have $250,000 in a checking or a savings or a bank account, you're good. Right? These bank runs didn't these bank protections didn't last. 
And then finally, there is some argument about Smoot Hawley or whatever the tariffs were, but undoubtedly, tariffs on impacted global trade. So there's a lot going on today. I would argue what we are on the cusp of in the United States is a manufacturing boom. Deglobalization is breaking. I believe over the next decade, we will see more and more and more and more and more manufacturing. Hey, Kip, how you doing, buddy? Thanks. I appreciate the super chat. So again, I am, I have not changed my opinion. 2023 is going to be the worst or could be the worst economic year of my adult life. I do not have a rosy or even good feeling about next year, but I am not getting it twisted. This is not Great Depression 2.0. Do your own research. The week ahead, man. We got some interesting statistics next week, but we have four, eight, 12, We have 17, one, seven, 17 Fed speaking engagements. I don't know about you, but given what the Fed is doing and the Fed presidents all doing it together, right? The the raise of 75 basis points was unanimous. The dot plot, higher, faster, longer. We have 17 Fed speeches next week. We almost have four a day except Thursday where we only have one. We got four on Monday, four on Tuesday, four on Wednesday, four on Friday, with only one on Thursday. These are going to be market moving. Two of those, I believe, are Jerome Powell. Two of those are uh, Bullard, uh, who both are on the extreme hawkishness. Could be, an, uh, could be an interesting week. On an economic front, we do have some economic information coming out. First and foremost, on Tuesday, Case-Shiller home prices. I don't know about you, but just between friends, this Case-Shiller number is going to be useless. Just utterly useless. It's two months old. It's going to show, I don't know, 14, 15, maybe 13% home price appreciation. Case Schiller, your data is too old. It is irrelevant in the quickly changing housing market. But nonetheless, it is coming out. We also get consumer confidence on Tuesday. And then finally, we will get new home sales. New home sales. It's going to be very interesting. Did people jump in and buy new homes before this rate went up? Or has the cascading of, of badness just continued? Now, on Wednesday, I think the biggest economic number for the week for you and me is pending home sales. What is pending home sales going to show us? Uh, Thursday, we're going to get jobless claims, right? Is the something we're going to have to look at every week now, jobless claims, right? Jerome Powell wants to cause unemployment to rise. We get a number every Thursday that will be one of the leading early indicators. And then on Friday, the biggest number for the Fed PCE, personal consumption expenditures, this is inflation. Consumer spending, is the consumer holding up, right? Thursday, job. Friday, consumer spending. Disposable income, consumer sentiment, and then five-year expectation on inflation. 
So big week ahead, a lot of data for the Fed to chew on. Uh, we have 17 Fed speeches, which makes me nervous, frankly. So yeah, next week's going to be very, very interesting. And then finally, a home price shocker. Shocker. So let's remind you, a couple of weeks ago, last week, we got the median home price for single-family homes, and it's surprised to the downside. It came in at 389 I was expecting 405 I was wrong. I owned it. A lot of you expected me to change my opinion, and I am not changing my opinion. I haven't changed my opinion because I believe what is going on is we have phase two of the housing crash in transactions occurring now. And when that happens, the data gets ugly. But here's the deal. In the last two weeks, and you know what? I'm actually going to do a deep dive video. I'm going to pull up the article so we can go through it together. It was produced by Redfin. But let me leave you with this tease. Home prices in the last two weeks have increased 1%. And the graphs will show it to you. It's two weeks in a row. Home prices are increasing. Who would have guessed? After falling for 11 straight weeks, home prices are up. Why? Buyer demand down, but supply is falling faster. This is what I have been telling you I thought was coming. Yes, we are going to reset the supply-demand balance at a much, much lower level. We are going to do sub-4 million transactions. Demand undoubtedly crushed and will be crushed more, but supply will be crushed just as much. New new listings. New listings have taken a huge hit since the run-up in July and August. They are down. No supply, no demand equals stable prices. We are entering, according to Redfin, not a new normal, but a new weird. Prices are picking up as supply crashes. This is what I thought would come. The data is going to be, as it levels out and resets, it's going to be uncomfortable. I'm going to go ahead and pull up the article. I'm going to do a full review of the article. You can watch it. We'll read it together. I will do that next. Uh, I'm going to do that next and get that out today. So, folks, have an amazing day. The housing market is broken. The Fed broke housing. housing. It's going to be a couple of years as this works itself out. Rates are going higher. 2023 is going to be yucky. But uh, something my team did for me, and actually, if you want it, my team took my seven rules and actually created a picture frame out of it that if you wanted these rules, uh, you could go get them. They're on my website, One Rental at a Time. Uh, we went through these yesterday. Rules like this are more important in a bad market than a good market, especially rule number seven, audit your network. Audit your network. Are people helping or hurting you? Some of you are watching YouTube channels that scare you to death and cause inaction. Stop watching. You should be watching channels that encourage you to do the work. I am not telling you to buy. I am telling you to get a buy box, figure out average, and do a great deal. If it doesn't exist, don't pull the trigger. I am telling you to do the work. You miss every shot you don't take. 
Many of you are watching channels that scare you. And I promise you in a year or two or three, you will say, I wish I did it different. I wish I did it different. Folks, trust yourself. Do the work. Nobody is going to ring a bell when uh, it is time to start working. Do the work. Do the work. Do the work. All right, everybody. Take care. Have a wonderful day. Bye.